I suspect foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. Harlem was cleaning house. Everyone in the family has possible motives. Was Harlan planning on cutting off Joni? Did he plan to fire Walter? Is Richard having an affair? That's some heavy-duty conjecture. Funny, Ransom, you skipped the funeral, but you're early for the will reading. Up your ass. Very nice, oh, Ransom. 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 I gotta do this more often. The family is truly desperate. When people get desperate, the knives come out. This is a twisted web. And we are not finished untangling it. Not yet. What's up, gamers? Welcome back to a uh, sexy episode of the Critics Podcast. We are joined today by, uh, well, before that, uh, this is why Adam <laughs> usually does the intros. We have, uh, who, uh, Mike, uh, Adam is also here here. Yeah, my name's Joseph Salamone, and um, I'm honored to be hosting with Adam Sidorius today. Mm-hmm. And we have a very uh, special Rudin Tudin guest today. Um, do you want to tell everyone your name? Is it because you don't know how to pronounce my last name? Literally, yes. Okay, uh, my name is <laughs> yeah. Katie Chisholm, and no one can pronounce my last name, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, Katie and me have been friends for... God, how long? Like four or five years? Like about something like, like that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. Um, and she, as soon as she heard that I'm doing a pod, she was like, uh, "What movie is Lakeith Stanfield in?" And mm-hmm. she she looked at her his next movie. She saw it was Knives Out, and she said that one. I okay, <laughs> that's not on. quite how it happened, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, we but had a sure, guest that's... booked for this episode, and she was like, "If I'm not on this episode, I will." Prepare to be murdered is what she said. So. I, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. She said, "There's yeah. a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 <laughs> minutes." <laughs> I am Richard Jewell. I wonder if uh, Richard Jewell is going to do an ad campaign with Jewell. It's like a Richard Jewell flavored. <laughs> <laughs> Richard mint flavored Jewell. <laughs> so where can everyone find you online, Joe? Uh, you can find me <laughs> at Richard Jewell on most platforms. <laughs> uh, so today we're here to talk about um, the latest Lakeith Stanfield joint, the latest, um, the latest Ryan Johnson, the least controversial director of all time, Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie, are you a Star Wars fan? I forgot. Um, no. Okay. I am not. Did, did you see um, Last Jedi by any chance? That is actually the only Star Wars movie I have seen. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So you Star Wars is like a is like a fun little movie series, and then uh, Ryan Johnson did one of them before he did this movie. I I am aware of what Star Wars is. I I haven't seen them. So I only bring this up because Ryan Johnson his he did the Last Jedi and. The Last Jedi was very controversial. Um, people did not like that movie. Um, mm-hmm. They did not like what he did with the universe. Yeah, Jeremy character. Johns was not happy with it. Yeah, and if you know anything about film criticism, you know Jeremy Johns is the best when it comes to that stuff. Well, um, I don't know shit about film criticism, so... <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Johns gave it a... Um... What did he give it, Joe? Do you know? Did he give it a good time if you're drunk? I think so. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think not he gave the... it a dog shit because no, 
yeah, I he I think he said like it's well made, but like come on, like Luke Skywalker. Well, he so, didn't like this movie either, so the one he we're didn't? about to talk about now. I well, I don't watch Jeremy John reviews, but I'm glad to know you do. He's um, gonna be on the pod next week, so it's gonna be a kind actually of he's awkward. gonna be on this episode. So uh, yeah. welcome to the guests. <laughs> uh, welcome to the pod special guest Jeremy Johns. What's um, going on, guys? Welcome back. No, that's <laughs> not what he sounds like either. <laughs> um, so he was coming off. You know, it's weird to talk about that movie because you want he was coming to call off it a... uh, Xanax when he wrote this. So it's a very mellow movie. <laughs> There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of kooky characters. I just think it's it's kind of hard to explain like what this movie was going to be for him because on the one hand he did make a billion dollar movie one of the top 10 highest grossing movies of all time but at the same time like literally a movie that divided an entire like fan base so i feel like no matter what this movie kind of had something to prove with ryan johnson Mm -hmm. as a filmmaker like is he just going to be a corporate guy or is he going to make like cool movies or is this going to give like people more to you know complain about um and I mean, I'll just say I love this movie. We're um, talking about *Knives Out*, the new Ryan Johnson film. Wait, uh, did I not th- say the name? No, I don't think we ever said what we were oh, talking my about. Bad. <laughs> my bad. I loved *Knives Out*. Um, Katie, what were your expectations going in, and how did you feel about the movie? I thought that it looked fucking phenomenal. I was very excited about it. That is why I wanted to be on this episode, not necessarily because i'm a huge lakeith stanfield fan but because this movie just looked so good right um and i thought it was going to be funny i thought the character like the cast is pretty stellar so i was i was definitely looking forward to it and i really enjoyed it it was funny it was everything i hoped for and yeah it was good it was really good um joseph salami uh same question what were you going into like your expectations and uh how did you feel about going out um i was very excited for it i'm a big fan of agatha christie's books and when he said it was his take i remember like when this was announced uh me and the homies got really hyped for it just because it was like oh it was like daniel craig and ryan johnson are gonna kick each other in the face and I, i wanted to see that and then um the cast is pretty stellar i'm a big fan of michael shannon so i was like oh this is a sexy movie. Can't wait to see it. Um, and uh, I got to see this at the SCAD Film Festival. We talked about it briefly yeah. on okay, the SCAD liberal. Film Festival. You know. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. and um, I really loved this movie. It's a hoot and a half. Take your parents. Um, and just to clarify, this is going to be a spoiler review. Um, it's mm-hmm. in the title, so in case you mentioned, you just missed that for some reason, um, we're going to fully spoil the movie in three, two, one. Uh, Chris Heavens has Ligma in the movie. Um, and yeah, yeah. And then uh, Michael Shannon has Sagondis too. So yeah, um, Tony Collette she like flosses her head off in this one too, which I thought was yeah. pretty weird. I, th- I think it's weird that she accepts two roles where that happens twice, but mm-hmm. definitely interesting. Um, I mean, it definitely was a choice that she made. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I don't know if it worked in the favor of this film. Yeah. Um, but on a serious note, um, one of the, <laughs> one of the big surprises of this movie for me was how misleading the trailers were. Um, they were really pushing the idea of the family being a focal point of this movie and they mm-hmm. were for sure, but I did not realize Anna Armas was the lead of this movie, um, going into it. And I was pleasantly surprised by 
that, but also the fact that she was a very compelling character um, to follow the movie with, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought she did pretty great. Um, how did you guys, like, feel about that? Like, did you expect that? And how did you feel, like, about her character? Well, see, I'm a gentleman, so I don't watch movie trailers. Right. So I had no idea what this movie... I didn't even know that that was about, about a family, truth be told. Thought it was just a movie. I just was like, oh, it's a big old murder. But I... Uh, yeah, I thought it, I, the. I mean, the the. I mean, very early on, you find out she did it. Well, she thinks she did it. Right. And I thought it, I thought that was. A, I was like, oh, that's Ryan's. Ryan Johnson just likes to. He's a big. He's a clearly a fan of playing with expectations. Go like with the pre-established notions of what like how storytelling is. He likes to 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 diddle around with them, so to speak. So I thought that was I was like oh this is why Ryan Johnson wanted to make the movie so I I thought her and then she's she's also a fantastic actress so that was just all around just really really cool really cute uh, I want to uh, yeah I want to give this movie a big old kiss. <laughs> um, Katie, like, how did you like? Did you find this movie like predictable by any means, or did you like? I did find it predictable, by the way. Well, I was talking to Katie, Joe. But... Okay, yeah, well, my middle name you. is Katie. I thought we were just being a little more lax with each other. <laughs> I um, I didn't find it predictable at all. Um, that may be because I'm a big old idiot, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I didn't think it was predictable. I did find it um interesting that we found out that uh marta's the one that quote unquote kills him so early on but i was like oh, okay this is just an interesting way to go about showing what happened but i i definitely wasn't expecting any of it honestly yeah i mean that was definitely the biggest surprise for me because you're it, it kind of converts like very early on into not just a classic whodunit and but like into something more than like she did it but like is does that make her guilty like mm-hmm. you um and it still unravels like throughout the entire movie like you kind of get new pieces of information like every 10 minutes which made you like i i thought that was very good and i i think the biggest you know compliment you can give this movie is the screenplay by ryan johnson mm-hmm. oh um, yeah this is is it's one of the tightest scripts ever i got you know i if he's already established as a filmmaker you know but like if like this is like you know how when seven psychopaths came out and everyone was like whoa that's a fucking incredible screenplay about mark Mm -hmm. mcdonough's writing like i feel the same similarly like holy shit that's a great script you know yeah i mean literally like it's so deeply plotted and at the same time he never loses sight of like um, the themes he's going for, the comedy, the mm-hmm. um, the characters, like each character has like a specific arc to him, which I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it's a deeply, it's so deeply layered um, in a way that I wasn't expecting, and I already thought I was gonna like at least enjoy this movie, but um, I really got something out of it that I, I just didn't expect, which was like this kind of underlying, the whole underlying thing about immigration and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really compelling. Um, I, I didn't see that coming, actually. Like the whole, um, I, I forgot what the coffee mug said. Um, my house, uh, my rules. My house, my rules, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was, like, not to jump too far. Well, I'm literally jumping to the last shot of the movie. But the last, <laughs> shot, the last shot of the movie where she's, like, standing above the entire family with the coffee cup. Yeah, um, not to jump ahead, but I thought uh, the choice to show... The technical people in the, in the credits was a really bold one. <laughs> I just thought the last shot was like 
I, I don't know. I was loving the movie, but I think it has like one of the best final shots I've seen in film in like a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, just and it also kind of like not to make everything a metaphor, but the whole like idea that you know the cows kind of being an, a metaphor for America and you know um, rich white people being upset that a hardworking immigrant um, is taking quote unquote what's theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was compelling and super like, like just funny and like it's just a very clever way to make this you know supposed who done it like a political kind of satire almost which I was not expecting. Um, it's it's very much a satire and who done it for the MAGA era, um, and I, I think what does that stand for? Um, make America gay again. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I really think he deserves to get a best uh, original screenplay nomination for this. Like if if he doesn't, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be livid, honestly, because this is such a good screenplay. Yeah. And you don't want to see Adam when he gets livid. It's there's a lot of uh, slurs said. There's poop being thrown everywhere. It's it's not a fun, it's not a fun sight. And all the slurs are like not the like the ones that are like just like really old timey like WAP. It's like, why are you still saying that, man? You know, it's it's the equivalent to when you see Joe get the Chick Fil A on a Sunday, yeah, and, and freak out about it. Same. <laughs> uh, yeah, just start throwing my shit everywhere. So knives out. Um, yeah. <laughs> knives out's a movie for big dumb idiots. Uh, where can they find you? <laughs> no. Um. Wait. So, like, how about you, Jody? Did you find the movie predictable? Um, I didn't find it. I found aspects of the film predictable. Like, uh, we are talking about when, um, once you find out that, like, she, like, like the medicine was switched and stuff, and then he kills himself, I was immediately like, oh, there's going to be something, there's, like, more going on here. And I was like, and then, um, uh, once, uh, she met with, uh, Chris Evans, once he was like, you're coming with me, I was like, oh, he did something. Yeah, I, um, at the scene where they're at the bar together. Mm-hmm. Um, I leaned over to my friend Zach and I said he switched the morphine he had to like I just got the feeling right away because he was like way too friendly with her right away mm-hmm. um, when he had like no reason to be um, but even it, like though that I did that there's still like layers to it that I didn't see coming like and I was like never not interested you know mm-hmm. it was yeah. especially strange that he starts like helping her and at least like listening to her side of everything that happened when he had just referred to all the people that work in the house as the help right Um, and then all of a sudden he's just like oh i'm gonna be really nice to this girl like what no (laughs) yeah exactly and that's another good thing about this movie though is that like i like how um it kind of presents all the um family members as people with like something to lose and like like they all have a reason to kill their grandfather or mm-hmm. father like they all have a reason to do do it so like very early on like like within the first 20 minutes you get like the the gist of like everything that they have going on like how dysfunctional they are um you know like jamie lee curtis uh and like um tony collette like her daughter's getting like the trust fund cut off or whatever for her school mm-hmm. um like all these different re- like they're all pretty much getting cut off in some way um 
Michael Shannon, especially. He's like, what, what's he in charge of again? I forgot. He's like, in charge of the uh, book. He, he thought, thinks he will be in charge of the book domain, and then he was going to start selling the rights out for films. Right, and he he basically like cuts them all off to be financially independent so very early on you get like you're kind of like uneasy with it you're like really any of them could have done it all of them could have done it e- even like it could have been like murder on the orient express like where they uh-huh. all did it um so yeah i mean but this cast is pretty stacked um katie did you have like any one that stood out for you in particular like as far as the cast goes you literally already know the answer to this um lakeith stanfield um. <laughs> No, I I was super excited to see Tony Collette. Um, I honestly, most of the people in this, I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. But, you know, especially Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> yeah, he, he really was good in this movie. I mean, he didn't get like a lot to do, but like uh-huh. he was still like, it's always good to see him in like a like a meaty or like a like a fun kind of role um and it was fun to see him like work with like a this kind of dialogue because he did kind of get like his comedic chops to shine you know um so yeah i really enjoyed seeing him in this uh joe do you have like any standouts for the cast um i thought michael shannon was uh really great i thought he was um and then i thought michael shannon was great and then I thought uh, Chris Evans was really wonderful in the movie. He's good. He's it's such a he's so good just at acting. So it's yeah. just nice to see him playing something other than Captain America. He's great as Captain America, but it's just nice to see him in movies. You know, well, uh, it's refreshing because like in those movies he plays like a, such a boy scout. You know, mm-hmm. and this movie he like he really is an asshole on this movie. Yeah, like, and I'm an Eagle Scout too. So it's like watching him be a Boy Scout. It's like you're kind of taking my culture. It's not my culture is not your fucking costume. Chris <laughs> anyways uh I think uh you know I I didn't get 29 merit badges for Chris Evans to play me in a movie you know it's yeah. I just this is I'm formally challenging Chris Evans to a fight right now is what I'm trying to say um it's gonna I be thought, a remake of this fight but with Joe yeah. and Chris Evans um Ana de Armas was great she's not in the ensemble she's really the main character uh Lakeith was really good Tony Collette's very funny in it uh it's I was like it's just weird seeing her like because she's she's uh, like this dramatic powerhouse in uh, in a uh, hereditary, and then she, she she's here she's like an oblivious idiot who like thinks ever like doesn't realize everybody hates her. So it's like just the like just the polar opposite type of performance for her to play. There was uh, like one scene with her and Daniel Craig that was hilarious at the beginning, where like she's talking and then he plays the piano key and she's like, "Who yeah. is that? Like, what's he doing in the corner?" <laughs> I just love when she's like everyone in this family. Like uh, we have, we're really close. Everyone in this family, and it cuts to her dancing, and everyone's avoiding her. Uh, I thought, um, uh, is her name Catherine Langford? Was she the? Is she the girl from Thirteen Reasons Why? Her name's Hannah Baker. Hannah Baker was really good in this. Um, I just don't understand how they fit her in the coffin if her ass is so fat. But I don't stop. That's the biggest. Don't. <laughs> uh, John Johnson's really good. Too. I was gonna. Are you just looking down the cast list? Or are you like reading every name? No, I, I did think Don Johnson was very good. Um, okay, because uh, Don Johnson's like that scene that he was in, um, where he yeah, uh, that one scene, the one in? he was in, um, <laughs> this, like, when they're asking where, like, they refuse to like talk to Daniel Craig, and then it cuts to Don Johnson like spilling like everything yeah. about the family. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just again like the comedic timing in this movie mm-hmm. is hilarious um, and one yeah one of the things i really admire about the movie speaking of don johnson's character is it's there's uh adam kind of alluded to it earlier but like this it's there's a lot of like there's like genuine like political like satire undertones in it and it, like I, i'm not a i i I'm not a big fan of like political humor. Like I think late night gets gets really saturated and stuff. But I yeah, thought he did he's it. He's like, a Republican, um, actually. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. This is the Republican podcast. Um, but yeah. no. Uh, yeah, no. But I thought it was it handled really, really well here, and I think it, it adds a great deal to the movie. Yeah. Um. I I really love that. And actually, I think we'd be remiss to not mention Daniel Craig of all people. Oh, like, I mean, we. I thought we were gonna get to him, Adam. Oh well, he. I mean, he really stole the show for me. Yeah, he's um, he's magnificent. Wait, Daniel um, Craig was in this? Yeah, he's yeah. Really, <laughs> he was a he was the uh, the Mike boy, uh, oh, the best okay. boy. Yeah. Do you know yeah. the um? Do you know the spider that crawls on the girl's face? Oh, that was, that him was him in mocap. Yeah. That's crazy. Actually, I I hate to correct you, Joe. Um, but that was Andy Circus mm. in uh, motion capture. <laughs> I actually um. I fell asleep in the last Planet of the Apes movie. I didn't see it. I didn't. I missed a lot of it. Should we do like a Christmas Day special <laughs> movie or pod of just about all the movies you fell asleep during? Well, I'm making the list right now, and there are let's see how many movies there are on this list. A lot. Thirty six <laughs> movies I've fallen asleep Jesus in. <laughs> Why do you even see movies? Why are you on a movie <laughs> podcast? Like <laughs> thirty two films. I apologize. This list includes Moonlight, Silence, Phantom Thread. Um, <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Uh, yeah. All right. Back to Knives Out. Uh, um, which he also <laughs> fell asleep during. I um, didn't fall asleep in this one. Okay. Um, yeah, Daniel Craig in this movie is phenomenal. He, he really mm-hmm. is. Like, this is the best I've seen him in, like... I can't even tell you how long. Like, he, I'm so, he steals every scene. I'm so happy that... Cause, I, I said I said earlier, like I think I, I've been saying this a little bit. Like it seems like a, like a, a role Kevin Spacey would play, but I'm so glad that he's not working anymore because Daniel Craig does like such a better job than Kevin Spacey would have done in this movie. He's so great. Like just the, the accent sounds like Frank Underwood, but he does it right. better, and it's such a juicy, like meaty, like oh, he's just he's a big old cutie, and I want to kiss him on the lips. <laughs> um, there was uh, I really like the Frank Oz cameo in this movie. Um, I thought he was, he played the lawyer. Um, he popped up for like five seconds, but it's mm-hmm. always good to see Frank Oz, like not doing yeah. a puppet work. For any um, fans of the Wizard of Oz out there, he's, <laughs> it's uh, based on him. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, the movie, like I said, or like we covered earlier, like they revealed the fact um, that Andy Armour's character, um, quote unquote, did it pretty early on. Um, and the rest of the movie is kind of about her trying to hide that fact from Daniel Craig. Um, and one of the really clever like plot devices here is she has like that like disorder where if um, she knows oh, about why, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, she pukes, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. And it adds for like surprisingly both a lot of laughs and a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that this was movie, really- this movie has a lot of laughs. There's a lot of love, a lot of laughing, you know? Yeah, um, that the scene where she um, she's getting like interviewed by uh, Daniel Craig for the first time, and she has to puke in the vase. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really thought that was like a clever way, and she was mm-hmm. honestly such a good lead, like in this movie. Yeah, like she's great. You... She's she's playing Marilyn Marilyn Monroe in an upcoming movie. So is she really? 
Yeah, called Blonde. Okay, I mean, I didn't know if I would have pegged that earlier, but like now seeing this movie, like I can, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she she really sells this movie, and I don't know if this movie works if you don't have like a likable lead to follow. Um, but she really like sells like the um, kind of innocent main lead that you follow, and then the thing is, like, you could have easily made every member of this family like a terrible person, but they're just like obnoxious enough you know what i'm saying like they're they're not like completely terrible and they're not like the worst people ever and like blatantly racist but there's like a subtlety to their racism that makes it like hard to understand Mm -hmm. until like you get to a certain point and you're like oh they actually are assholes like i feel like uh, that one kid is definitely blatantly racist though oh yeah 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 for sure like (laughs) um that kid that kid i don't know you guys might disagree i thought that that was the only part that were the diet like just the way the dialogue is used and with that hate with that kid in particular where they're like liberal troll like no (laughs) alt-right troll you're uh," like and i was like oh come on like people like that i was like come on ryan you were so close I, I thought that was funny because it kind of feels like a real family. Um, and what did um, I forgot who said it, but they one of them tells him to go like jerk off to a dead deer in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was there was some like really funny dialogue with him, and I, I thought it was funny like how he literally didn't speak at all in the movie. Like he was just in the corner, like on his phone the entire movie. Um, Another, like, I think maybe the biggest um, example of, like, the subtle racism in this movie was uh, Hannah Baker herself. Like, you don't, um, you get, like, the idea that, I mean, it tells you that they're friends, like, her and Anna Armas's character early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second that, like, her bunny gets in question, she's fully willing to throw her under the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems pretty heartbreaking, actually, like, when it's all pieced together, like, what's happening. Um, I really, I really felt that. Um, so Joe, how early on did you like predict that Chris Evans did it? Um, I mean, I, I didn't know. I, I, I very quickly, I was like, oh, she, like, it's not like, it's like she just cause I was like very, very quickly. I was like, oh, she didn't like something else is going on that like would have killed this guy. And then, uh, once he, uh, like took her in the car, I was like, oh, he did it. Like a hundred percent. I didn't know how he did it, but I was like, he did it. Like just, I was just like, that's just how this is gonna play out. But I think, um, I thought there were a couple questions, like unanswered questions. I didn't like. I didn't piece everything together, but oh, I was pretty sure he had something to do with it very quickly. Um, Katie, did you have like any like? Did you like predict anyone else that might have done it, or were you just kind of like on your toes the entire movie? I was pretty much on my toes. Um. Like we said, he, it, Marta is known as quote unquote being the one that killed him fairly early on. And I was kind of going with that for the first little bit after finding out that information. I thought it was just the rest of the movie was going to be um, her trying to avoid being caught with it. Uh, but that only lasted for maybe 10 more minutes before I was like, okay, well, clearly something else is going on here, but I didn't really have any suspects of my own. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I kind of predicted Chris Evans early on, but the fact that I wasn't even hundred percent sure of it, like the fact that I was like, still like, kind of like, I, but I don't know for sure. Like I, I could see it going any way really, um, speaks to the script and, like one of the best scenes of the movie is the will reading 
Um, oh, that's a wonderful like when, scene. It's so good. Like, um, and then Chris Evans is just like in the corner, and he's mm-hmm. like, kind of like laughing a little bit. Yeah, and when he when he drives away, he's like, "This will be a wonderful learning experience for you all." <laughs> my he's... my favorite line of dialogue in the movie was when uh, Marta says, "Oh, I've never been to a will reading." And Daniel Craig's character says, oh, it's like a community theater is reading a tax return. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. lost my shit at that part. I was like, that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's so many. Um, it's it's so easy to like laugh at rich people in movies. like Because uh-huh. especially the ones in this movie, because they're like so entitled. And so yeah, because like you can relate to them so much because it's like, oh, they're just like me, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, oh, I can always pay my own bills. This is great. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I thought, um, you know, Michael Shannon is usually this deeply brooding guy in his movies, and he, he does amazing at it. But what I really liked about this performance is that he had, like, a very comedic side to him that I haven't seen in a, in a very long time, really. Um, like, every time he would be, like, interviewed by uh, Daniel Craig's character, or he would be, um, like... At, a, at the party or he'd have like too much to drink like the scene where he's like trying to fight um <laughs> like it's so funny um but even like when it calls for him to do like be intimidating like the scene where he's in entity armistice like hallway mm-hmm. um you really feel like scared for her at that moment um like i i didn't know what he was going to do uh and it felt deeply like concerning. michael shannon at armada armistice house what will he do he do <laughs> um so i mean yeah like it's funny like there's so many like different like red herrings in this movie and it never like it doesn't really stop unraveling until the very end um one thing that i really liked about it was the final confrontation with chris evans and like how like played out it was Mm -hmm. um you know like pretty like before like the last 30 minutes and Daniel Craig, like that entire thing he does, where he goes into like the whole spiel about how he knows that it was him, um, and it, it was just brilliant the way like it was built up. Um, how did you guys feel about that? Oh yeah, it's a really great sequence. And then yeah, I, I yeah I think it's it's it just goes to show how great Daniel Craig is, and then also just how like juicy the script is. Like he, it's such a great sequence, and then he keeps even like at the will at the when she's about to. Um, give them the money back or whatever and then he walks in and he's like the uh, I have ruled that this is a suicide the investigation is closed and then that like just even that like the last 30 minutes Daniel Craig just is just like electric in the movie you know yeah I mean it, it was really satisfying and um, and also like the scene uh, where she finds the other maid um, dead mm-hmm. in, the, um, in the place and I was so confused at that point like I was like who the hell like um the whole like you did it, you did it thing um mm-hmm. that really threw me for a loop um and I, I really enjoyed that um yeah i mean the honestly the third act of this movie is just like bonkers in the best kind of way um i i don't really know like where else to go because like the scene where he um he tries to like stab her mm-hmm. so funny <laughs> um yeah, like uh, the way like the knife just like yeah, it's a prop. Yeah, <laughs> it's a prop knife. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I mean, Katie, do you have like any other standout scenes in the movie? Uh, yeah, the 
her saying Hugh didn't really stood out for me for um, the reason that my dad's name is Hugh and my dad loves making terrible fucking jokes and puns with his name all the time. <laughs> He'll say, oh, look up that video on YouTube. So the fact that that scene happened and I didn't make that connection immediately really upset me. And so, the, her dad is also Chris Evans, so I don't yes. understand how she didn't. I like. I, I thought I'm a little I'm, frustrated, if I'm being honest. I really should have known. <laughs> um, uh, but no, seeing uh, like like you said with the the prop knife, especially when the whole what is it the the Chekhov's gun thing where right. he says earlier like Ransom's so fucking stupid he doesn't know a real knife from a prop knife. And right. Yeah. Then he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I didn't piece that together actually but that mm-hmm. that's funny um have any of you guys seen it twice yet or only the one time i've only been able to see it the once i'm seeing it the second time in like three days mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna try to see it again this weekend because i i really have not been able to stop mm-hmm. thinking about this movie um yeah i mean it's funny this movie has like a lot of fantastic sequences but mm-hmm. i can't really pinpoint any particular one that uh, stands out other than maybe the first well reading which was just hilarious mm-hmm. um i mean joe did you have like any particular standout uh the moments? first well reading is really great um the uh the um sequences the sequence where she, uh, uh christopher Plummer is telling her what to do and then she does it i thought that was really well done yeah uh and then i, th- I th- uh all and then all of the the first interviews with the characters where you get the sense of the characters were all really great yeah, I mean, it's it's really, like, compelling and, like, the way that it introduces all the characters, like, kind of rapid fire and, mm-hmm. like, in a way that doesn't feel rushed. Like, you, you do feel like you get, like, a basic gist of every character, even after that first introduction, mm-hmm. um, which was nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, this movie is, like, completely full of fantastic sequences. Like, even that scene where um, she's trying to, like, um, she's going back to the house with Daniel Craig and like Heath Stanfield, and then she notices that like, the footprints are in the mud. Yeah, and then the dogs run through it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Like, there's so many um great like clever moments, and also like the fact that like Daniel Craig, like you don't really know for sure how good of a detective he is until the very end, because uh-huh. even like one of the characters tells him like you're not a very good detective, like. <laughs> Like, you should know what's going on by now. Um, but, like, when he realizes at the end, or, like, he admits to her at the end that, like, he knew right away that she did it because of the blood on her shoe. Uh-huh. Um, so clever, you know? Um, just everything. And and like I said earlier, like, Anna Armis's character, like, the movie only works because she's a likable lead to follow. And, like, even the scenes at her home, like, with her family, um, you could have done that in a way that feels jarring. And, like, it feels like you're cutting away from the main story. Um, but Ryan Johnson, like he really writes it in a way that um, you just believe it and you find it like integral to the story. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I mean, really, do get, do you guys have like any issues with the movie? Because I'm, I really don't personally. Um, I thought it, it, it was a little. I mean, aside from it, like it, it just being a bit predictable. Um, I think. No, I don't really think I have any other glaring issues with the film. It's a lot of fun um the uh the script is really tight and there's a i think ryan johnson's style is uh and for this film is it's 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 not over it's definitely there but it's not overbearing you know it didn't at times it feels a bit edgar wright-esque edgar wright-esque 
but I think he he's kind of able to do his own thing with it. And I, I yeah, I think it's just a really what really great movie. I hope it does well. I hope it doesn't bomb because that'd be really disappointing. But, yeah. Uh, is it what? What is this opening up against? Is it um Queen and Slim and Dark Waters? So not like a huge competition. Well, I mean everyone's Jones in to see Dark Waters, so hey, I'll be really there. Has no chance to, to to any survival. Two popes opens this weekend. Go see the two popes. <laughs> um, Katie, did you like have any issues with the movie? Or I mean, the only issue that I had was that I didn't catch on to the Hugh did it thing. Um, right, but that's more of an issue with myself. So with the movie, no, I, I had no issues with well, it. I I thought it was great. Well, let's dig into that. What other issues do you have with yourself? Um. um I'm so glad you asked. Um, so this is going to be like the second... We're starting like the second half of the podcast now, right? Yeah, the second of 10 acts. Um, okay, so Adam, what would you give Knives Out out of 10? <laughs> oh, we're just glossing over my personal issues. Okay. Well, actually, I think we want to devote an entire pod to that. Yeah, that's um, next cool. episode. Gotcha. Yeah, I appreciate that's our that. Thanksgiving episode that, that we're going to post. Um, I, I do deserve that attention. Thank you. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, really, uh, Joe, do you have, like, any final thoughts on Knives Out? Um, it's a, it's a real, it's a, it's a big old, big old banging film with a lot of, there's a lot to love, uh, and I think, I think the main, th- I just, you know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, 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 I get, get what it. you're throwing down, yeah. It's a good time um, no alcohol required. There it is, he said it. <laughs> um, Katie, like, do you have any, like, final thoughts? Like, how would you, like, sum up this movie? Um, oh man, I wasn't prepared for that question. It's, (laughs) I, I, like I told you when I signed up for this, I went to film school for like three semesters before I dropped out. So I don't know shit about film theory or anything (laughs) like that. Right. Um, so I felt very, uh, ill-equipped coming into this, but. Neither do people in film school. So you're fine. That's, that's fair. Um, so I feel like I give more of like a regular audience members standpoint um i i just thought it was really good i thought it was very entertaining uh i was laughing the entire time but there were also moments that i was kind of freaking out a little bit i was like oh no what is she gonna do how is she gonna get out of this and she succeeded every time and it was really good yeah, I mean, it really is kind of the definition of a crowd pleaser. I mean, it goes to kind of what Joe was saying. It's like, I really hope this movie does well this weekend. Um, I I, th- I feel like if people give this movie a chance, they will, like, love it. Because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I could imagine, like, I saw this with a pretty sold-out crowd at my screening, and um, they ate it up. Like, they were so into the movie. And it, it plays, like, amazingly with a large crowd. Um, I mean, Katie, I know you paid to see this one, right? Um did you, uh, was the crowd packed or was it kind of like moderate or what? It was very packed. I was personally offended. Uh, I don't know if y'all, where did you guys see it at? I saw uh, it at the SCADS Film Festival, so it was sold oh, out. Of course you did. Um, I saw it at a press screening like a few weeks ago and um, it, it was pretty, it was like, I think people were like sitting down in the front row. Like it was completely full. Yeah, I, I think there were maybe a couple open seats in the front row. I was I was just upset at the fact that um, I saw it at AMC and Ryan Johnson did like the little intro video for the advanced screening. And he was like, oh, you all get posters. If you have a sticker on the back of your poster, you get like a t-shirt or whatever. And my theater didn't give out posters. So I was pretty pissed about that. And then I came back a couple days later and I was like, where's my poster? And they were like, we ran out. And I'm like, I saw it at the first screening. 
That's AMC as a former AMC employee. That is how it literally always goes. You just say you ran out. That's um, how it. Uh, that's how it do be. I remember one time I saw I saw the Dark Knight Rises at an AMC, and I was getting out at the same time that an IMAX showing was getting out, and they were giving out posters to the IMAX people. And I walked up and I took one. Wow, you criminal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember when I saw Endgame, they were giving out posters, and they started like right after they took my ticket and then they started giving them out right after i left so and i i had to like stomp back over and be like yo where Mm -hmm. is it uh give me the poster um but i want a knives out poster i would i have they have knives out posters at amc right now adam do they yeah i got two of them not mine can you spot one for me um that's okay. I'm going to see Mr. Rogers tomorrow with my mom. <laughs> I'll, I'll go there tomorrow. Yeah, no, I can give you mine. I'm not going to hang it up if you want it. If they're out of them, you can have it. See, this uh, is why I just gave Adam a present live on the podcast. Uh huh. Oh. Well, Meanwhile, I'm just over here with no knives out poster. It's cool, guys. You can have the second one if you're ever in town. I will be, actually. She actually I'll... will be in a, few, in a few weeks. I'm going to be there a week from today. Well, I mean, if a week from today, what am I supposed to eat for lunch if I give you that poster? You know, um, I my shorts. Okay. So, what'd you give Knives Out out of ten, Adam? Um, I honestly, I gave it the ten out of ten. Um, I, I, I really think it's like I don't know if I like articulated this enough because I know you guys talked about it in the scad review, mm-hmm. um, or the scad recap episode, but. Um, I, I really did love this movie. Like every bit of it, I loved um, the dialogue, like the script, the acting, the direction. Um, I, I think it's like the most relentlessly entertaining movie I've seen in like the whole year. And um, I think it's the best like, mystery, like who done it. I think I've seen like maybe ever, not the best ever, but one of the best I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Um, yeah, it's I, like Chinatown can go fuck itself, you know? You know what? Truly, uh, fuck Roman Polanski. I um, mean, we can all get behind that. Yeah, um, Katie, what would you give Knives out of ten? I would give it a ten. Um, I was thoroughly entertained the entire time. There was never a dull moment. And like I said, I'm a big old idiot. So when it comes to whodunits, I really had no idea who done it. But I think the real answer, like who did it, uh, society did it to all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Society had to do it to him. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was really weird when Arthur Fleck came out at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought that was a strange thing. But I thought, uh, I thought it was a nice. That's why I gave this movie an eight point five out of ten. I thought you gave it a no alcohol required out of ten. Yeah, I gave it. I, I, I'm not gonna go. I gave it a buy it on Blu-ray. I'm not gonna give it an awesome tacular though. Yeah, I would personally give it an awesome tacular. Um. Not the same rating he gave the Twin Towers, which I, which I thought was. Um, we really need to have Jeremy Johnson on the pod. Maybe we can clarify that for him. Cause... Do you think he would do it? Or no, I mean, well, maybe. You know, fun fact: Dan Soto knows Jeremy Johns. Really, dude? What we can get? So it we can say we're gonna have Jeremy Johnson on the podcast, and it be a little realistic. Maybe. I mean. Maybe we'll try to get him on the pod. Uh, so, listeners, if you want to get Jeremy Johns in the pod, you uh, mm-hmm. you go on our Patreon page and you mm-hmm. you you go you donate to the uh, Jeremy Johns tier, and uh, me and Joe <laughs> we will <laughs> me and Joe will eat at Little Caesars and not use any of that money to um, 
get Jeremy Johnson on the pod. Guys, if you want Jeremy Johnson on the pod, relentlessly tweet at him to get him to do this podcast. And he'll yeah, do it. All one of our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. Our Switzerland, Switzerland listener. I was looking at the stats um, for the, uh, what was the last episode we did? Um, the, what did we do last? I forgot. We did, um, did you post the Ford Ferrari one yet or no? That's the one I'm talking about, yes. Okay. Um, I, we, did the review for that and i looked at my stats like two hours after i posted it and i'm like did the switzerland guy listen to it yet and he did he listened to it two hours after i posted it and he has uh, still I, katie i don't know if you know about this like this bit with us but it's not even a bit it's true um there's a switzerland listener like on our pod because i can look at the stats and see who listens to us and like what regions and there's only one consistent listener for our pod like he listens to every episode and he's in switzerland and we have no idea who he is. Well, um, I'm single, so <laughs> Switzerland. We have a theory that it's Ari Aster um, oh, from Switzerland. Yeah. I would be so Even delighted better. if Ari Aster. I like meet Ari Aster finally in my life. I'm like Ari Aster. I love your movies, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I recognize that voice." <laughs> Are you Ari Aster? Joe? <laughs> Ari Aster be like, "I'm five foot something, and I'm royalty, but my bills all paid." Short King Mama A. Um. So yeah, I. Uh, I where can they world? find you, Adam? <laughs> um, you can find me at Joe's house getting cuddles, and you can also find me, um, at Adam Sidarius on Instagram and Adam J Sidarius on Twitter. Uh, Katie, where can everyone find you, like online, I, if you want to be found? I. I'm on uh, Snapchat. <laughs> and instagram and twitter uh under unknown usernames so (laughs) okay i'm just kidding my my twitter is uh (laughs) underscore katie ray underscore so yeah and she posts good content always so that i do Uh, unfollow us unfollow us and follow her yeah Um, i would promote my twitter but uh just follow hers instead yeah um just follow joe around town until he Mm -hmm. notices you yeah uh, yeah it's happened to me before with a listener for the pod yes (laughs) (laughs) it's because Devin gave away your address on him yeah Devin said my address on the podcast so yeah uh those tarantino fanboys they yeah they i don't know why they do that but um so yeah we'll be back um you can find me at joseph underscore salamone on most platforms um we'll be back soon we'll be talking some uh queen and slim uh we'll be talking some uh 1917 uh 1917 to paris maybe uh um but yeah we'll be back soon uh katie thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me it was an honor for you to have me on your podcast yes months and months of promising and i finally did it so i'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad it was it was finally fulfilled yes. um, we'll have you back soon um we'll we'll look at the keeps uh lineup and maybe that can just be the bit we'll just have you on for every he's an uncut future. gems so oh hey that's an idea uh um, down okay you know what i'm i'm putting it on I, I don't have a calendar but if i did i would put it on there right now I have um, a, bunch, a regular guest will be very upset if he's not on the uncut gems episode well the cool <laughs> thing is we can have more than one guest <laughs> <laughs> um and as always gamers you can find the best most awesome tacular reviews on critics.com um so until next time uh keep outing your knives and goodbye